0: Are we ready for the Word? Yes. It's been so good just to be in the Lord's presence and worship Him, isn't it? And, and we, we sing these wonderful songs and ask the Lord to pour out His Spirit and to follow us and to use us. And uh, in the days we are living in, we are really needing that. More than ever before, we need the manifestation of the children of God. And uh, in today's message, we are continuing our series called New Life, and uh, we uh, In part one, we took a look at some of the new life realities, things like, you know, I, I have a new future, I have a new identity, um, new old view, and looked at some of the things that we have in this new life in Christ. In part two, we last week, we looked at the, a new mandate. We don't live according to a mandate, according to the system of this world. We have a biblical mandate, a godly mandate. We are ambassadors of Christ. We desire demonstrations of the kingdom. Our law is love. We believe in the power of prayer. To us, prayer is a powerful weapon. And we are a light and an influence in the world. Jesus gave us that mandate. It's not our idea. We are simply trying to align our lives with the word of God, with what Jesus said. Our key scripture is 2 Corinthians 5:17, Second Corinthians 5:17. "If anyone' is in Christ, he is a new creation. It applies to the she's as well. okay? If anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That is a wonderful promise. And today, in part three, we are talking about becoming who you are in our key verse it says that we are a new creation you are a new creation and we have looked at some of those new creation realities but at what point do you change into that new creation at what point do you begin to experience the change is every new life or new reality creation to be experienced now? And if the Bible says you are a new creation, when do you become who you are? And the reason I'm asking that, and I want you to think through this with me, it's the following. Ever be in a situation where you know you are a believer, you are a new person, you are victorious, and then you find yourself experiencing defeat, huh? You find yourself experiencing fear. You find yourself doing some dumb, stupid thing which you know Christians shouldn't do. What happened to the new creation? Am I or am I not? When am I? When am I? Not? What's going on? Help. And so today, I want us to explore a, a little bit of that. And I want you to have your hearts open because we're going to cover quite a bit of ground tonight, uh, to, this morning. But you're going to do it in fairly quickly. Including, I'm going to, to, to preach the whole Bible for you this morning. From Genesis to Revelation. Is that, are you ready? I'm going to go from Genesis to Revelation. And it will be done by coffee time. I just didn't tell you when is coffee time, okay? But. <laughs> Amen. What point do you change? There seems sometimes to be a disconnect between what the Bible says I am and what I know I am. And and it's nothing new because the apostle Paul himself, he felt that disconnect. Remember in Romans 7, he says, what what I want to do, I don't do. And what I don't want to do, I end up doing. Oh, who shall save me? And then he cries out, I thank God through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Why the struggle? Why the disconnect? Are we new creatures or not? So let me ask you another question then, which kind of goes together with this. What about the kingdom of God? Is it here and now, or is it something in the future? Where is this kingdom? When is this kingdom? If it is here now, then why so much war and so much conflict in the world? Why are we having to pray every Sunday for the peace of this nation if the kingdom of God is here? And if it is not here, then why did Jesus preach the kingdom? And why did he say the kingdom is with you now? Guys, are you aware of all this conflict going on? And I hope that by the time we get through this talk, you'll have a better understanding. As we pray for this nation, as you observe the crazy things happening in the world around us, where does that leave us? What are we to do? Now, it helps to understand the flow of history, the revelation that the Bible brings, and where we are going. If we can make sense of our existence, of what's going on around us, it will help us to become who we are. We can assume our position. Whenever you are on a mission, whenever you are anywhere in the world, if you know why you're there and what you're doing there, it's easy to live up to that, to assume your position. If you are sent on a mission somewhere, on a task, on a job, and you know where you're going, why you're there, and what you're going to be doing, it is easier for you to live out your purpose. And the same thing with us. If we can make sense of what is going on around us, where are we in history, it will help us. To become who we are. To become more confident in who we are. To fight for what we believe. To fight for what we can become. The Bible teaches us to understand the times. In Thessalonians 5, 1 says, concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you do not, you have no need that I should write to you. When Paul writes to the Thessalonians, he tells them, guys, concerning the times and seasons, you have no need that I should write to you. Why does he say that? Because the church was aware of where they were. Paul had spoken to them. Other guys had been teaching them. The church knew exactly where they were, what time frame they were in, and what they were supposed to do. The thing is 2000 years later sometimes the church doesn't know where we are and and what's supposed to do and the church is confused and they don't know if they should agree with the world or, or disagree with the world and so we need to understand folks we need to be aware of what time we are in where we are where are we in biblical history right now who should we be at this time and so here is what I'm going to present to you the bible the whole bible from Genesis to Revelation In six chapters. You can reduce the whole history of the Bible, the whole history of the universe in six big chapters. And that's what you're going to do right now. Summing up the Bible, the history, the prophecies. Six titles and there they are. All of them beginning with a C to help you to remember them. Chapter one, creation. Right there, Genesis chapter 1, right in the beginning of the Bible, creation. God creates this universe. He creates the planets, the stars. He creates the earth. He puts all these beautiful things on the earth, nature, birds, animals. And then the highlight of creation, he creates man and woman. And once God is finished with his creation, he says, wow. This is very good. And that's chapter number one. Unfortunately, that chapter number one doesn't last too long, and we enter chapter two Crisis. Crisis hits this beautiful creation. Sin enters in. Separation between man and God. Deterioration begins to set in. In human bodies. In, in, the, in the world around us. In the animal world. Tree, the, the, the trees. Everything begins to deteriorate. And, and, and thorns come up. And the whole beautiful garden start getting messed, starts getting messed up. Crisis hits creation. But God was not unprepared for this. God had a plan. And so we go into chapter three, covenant. God is not going to give up on his creation. He has prepared a way to restore creation back to him again. And we're still in Genesis. In Genesis, God looks for a man that would be willing to trust him unconditionally. Abraham, he finds that man. He finds that man. And with Abraham, he has a covenant with Abraham and his descendants. And so we enter the covenant chapter, which is a long chapter. Begins in Genesis and runs all the way throughout the Old Testament. Through the covenant with Abraham, with one man, God rises or creates a nation, develops a nation. A nation rises, a Jewish nation. And through this nation, God reveals to the world around him his power, his greatness, and his love and compassion as well. And so he reveals himself and, and through this nation, he brings out what had been prophesied from the beginning. From the moment of crisis, God makes a promise to restore. And through this, this, this covenant, he raises up a man who is actually fully man. And fully God. Jesus Christ. Enter chapter 4. Christ. The gospels. The life of Jesus. He comes into this world. He lives as a man. But a sinless man. And he comes here with a single purpose of paying the price for our sins. To get back what was lost. To restore what had been damaged. And so he gives his life. To pay the price for the sins of humanity. Past, present, and future. And in Christ, we see the beginning and the preparation for another chapter. Chapter 5, church. The Gospels gives us the the, the life of Christ, the book of Acts. Jesus goes back to heaven. He sends his Holy Spirit. We see the church being launched. The representation of Jesus on the earth. His people on the earth and Jesus living in His people through the Holy Spirit. We enter chapter 5, the church. There's one chapter coming. And throughout the whole New Testament, all the letters and so forth, you find teachings for the church. And now, that is the chapter which you and I are living in right now. But there's one more chapter, chapter 6, consummation. Consummation, that is the second coming of Christ and the ending of this age. So prophecies from thousands and hundreds of years ago have been fulfilled as these chapters have been evolving. When you, when you look at the Bible, you look at the history, you look at the universe, you see everything has been flowing in the direction of the Bible. No matter what people, politicians, believers and unbelievers have done, the, 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 the sequence of the Bible, the prophetic sequence has stayed on track. And it will continue on track until the consummation. We are now sitting on the church age. The next chapter will be be the consummation, the second coming of Christ, the thousand-year reign, and the new heavens and the new earth. So, is the kingdom of God here? The answer is yes and not yet. Let me introduce this topic, yes and not yet. This is the tension in which you and I are living in right now. Is the kingdom of God here? Yes, but not yet. What do I mean by that? Let me try to, to explain. In uh, Luke 17, 20, 21, Jesus said, the kingdom is within you. It, you know, people had come to Jesus and asked, uh, you know, when would the kingdom of God come? And Jesus said, uh, the kingdom of God does not come with observation. In other words, you can't, you can't see it. Nor will they say, see here or see there. The kingdom of God is not in Joburg, or or in Cape Town, or in this nation, or that nation. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God, the government of God, the reign of God is within you, within us. You see, when Christ came the first time, in chapter chapter, uh, 4, when Christ came... He established the kingdom of God. In his first coming, Jesus came as the suffering servant. No fanfare. He came in quietly. Landed there in a manger hardly anybody knew except the ones that the angel revealed them to. People weren't too aware of Jesus Christ. He came to restore mankind to God. To pay the price for our sin. And to open the ways so that we all could become part of the kingdom. Jesus preached the kingdom of God. He said the kingdom is here, but it is in the hearts of men. That's why when he was judged and, and, and Pontius said, hey, are you a king? He says, yeah, but my kingdom is not of this world because it's not a physical kingdom. At that, at that stage and at this time, the kingdom of God is not a physical world. It is in men's hearts. He governs them from the inside. There is still no physical manifestation of the kingdom except by the acts That show the will of God, the character of God, the love of God, and the power of God. And His kingdom is not limited to any one place. It is limited only to His church. Wherever you and I are, God is in us. And through us, He can manifest His kingdom, His government, His will, His character. But in His second coming, there in chapter 6, consummation. In His second coming, Jesus will come in power and glory. Everyone shall see Him. And He will establish His kingdom on earth, ruling the earth from Jerusalem. Everyone shall see Him. Everyone will confess that He is Lord. How will they see Him if the world is round and He arrives on this side? How will the opposite side see Him? It's happening right now, isn't it? You've got a cousin living on the other side of the world and she has a baby. Within two minutes, you've got a picture. Hi, look at my baby. Social media is in place. And whether God's going to, well, God is going to use that, but he's going to use other means as well. The fact is, it is not impossible for something to happen in Jerusalem and the whole world be watching it live. Plus, God's going to make sure that everyone knows that Jesus has arrived. When it comes a second time, it's not coming quietly. It's coming manifestation, power, glory, everyone will know, every eye will see, every tongue will confess. Now, what I've just shared with you in these uh, uh, six chapters is a summary of the biblical teaching, a summary of the Christian faith. And what we believe to be true. Now, different Christian groups or Christian denominations may have different ways of conducting services and different ways of governing their churches. But all agree that the next big thing on God's calendar is the return of Jesus to rule the world. That is our common understanding. With that in mind, where am I and who am I? You see, as a Christian, I am in the now and not yet zone. I'm in that chapter five. I'm in the church. We've had the revelation of Jesus Christ. He has revealed himself. He has revealed to us the power of God, the will of God. He has given us the Holy Spirit. We are connected with God. We are back where in terms of positioning with God, where we were in creation. We've got fellowship with God again, but not completely yet. Because Adam uh, yeah, Adam and Eve, they could see God face to face. I'm not there yet, but I'm already connected with God. Now and not yet. Now and not yet. There are things that I am and that I can have now. And there are things that I am and that I have, but I will only see them and experience them fully in the next chapter. Does that make sense? There are things that I experience now in part. But in the next chapter, I will experience them fully. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Right now, I have got peace. Do you have peace? We have peace. I have peace. But sometimes I worry. Sometimes I get sad. Sometimes I get upset. Things happen to people around me. People I know. Makes me sad. Sometimes I wonder what's going to happen. Sometimes I'm upset about security and so forth. And, and, and there's a bit of a lack of peace. So you see, I have peace, but I don't have it in its fullness. But it is mine. But I don't have the fullness of it. But it is mine. And one day, I will have it fully. By God's grace, I'm still alive and I'm fairly okay health-wise. But now and then, I've got some ooze and eyes. And the older I get, the more those ooze and eyes kind of show up. But I am healed because I've been healed because Jesus died on the cross for my healing too. And I am healed. Now, I am, but I'm not yet <laughs> because I still have some stuff. I still have to take some medication. I still have to have these. Those I can't see you properly. But a day is coming. I won't need these. And I won't have these eyes and ears, And I can jump around be being perfect health. It belongs to me now. But I'm not yet in its fullness. We pray for peace. And we push back the force of Satan. And we fight spiritually. And we do what we can to fight evil. And we do see some things happening. We do see changes. But it's still a fight. We have it. But not yet. But the day is coming. That in this earth. There will be peace. No more corruption. No more war. No more toy toy. Because nobody has to fight for more pay or anything else. There will be justice. There will be enough for everybody. There's going to be love. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Are we there yet? Yeah, it's now, but not yet. We're experiencing a little bit now and then, but a day is coming where the kingdom of God is going to be manifest in its fullness. Now, understanding this, I can focus on becoming who I am, not arguing with God, not arguing with myself, not asking questions, because now I can, I can look at this, I understand where we are coming from, where we are going. I understand that in this church age, I'm living between two worlds. I'm I'm connected with Christ. I've got joy. I've got peace. I've got all that, but I don't have it in its fullness because it's still coming in the full manifestation when Jesus returns. But I'm confident that it is going to happen. I know it's going to happen. Could happen sooner than what we think. And so it helps me to position myself. Who am I? What must I do? Who do I fight for? How do I fight? And it brings me back to the Word of God. We need to agree with God, with the Word. Allow the Word of God to lead us. Because look at us through five chapters, the Word of God has been faithful and we've seen the history of the world going there. And now as you look, look I've just read you just now, a, a piece written 2,000 years ago. And it is reflecting the world right now. The end is going to be very much like the beginning. Jesus is coming back to a planet looking something like when he left it. And that's why he's going to return to put an end, a final end to everything. And until then, we need to know who we are, understand who we are, and become more and more who we are. Let's agree with the word. Listen to Ephesians 5, verses 15 to 17. Ephesians 5. 15 to 17, therefore, watch carefully how you walk. You see, there's an instruction to us. No matter how young or how old you are, we all need to pay attention to this verse. Watch carefully how you walk. Not as unwise, not as foolish people, but as wise people, redeeming the time. In other words, making the best use of the time that you have. Because you don't know how much time you have. You don't know when Jesus is coming back. You don't know when you are going to Jesus. And so we need to understand, we need to make use of our time, all the time, because the days are evil. And according to the word of God, they get more evil as the second coming approaches. Because people are turning away from God and turning towards themselves, as we read earlier. Therefore, don't be foolish but understand what the will of the Lord is. Come on. If the Bible says you can understand the will of God, it's because you can understand the will of God. Okay? You're not too young. You're not too uneducated. Everyone that takes time to hear the word of God, to read the word of God, to have a conversation about the word of God, will understand. That is his promise i'm not talking about being religious i'm not talking about being fanatic i'm not talking about fighting for a denomination or a church name i'm talking about the bible the word of god reading the word and understanding the word and letting the word change you no matter your background no matter what you've been through you're here today and god is speaking to you today and so what is the will of the Lord? Well, it is revealed in His Word. So, in Ephesians chapter five, verse one, here it is. It's very simple. Chapter five, verse one. There you go. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children. Yeah. Once they were teaching this verse in little class, kids, and the one child came the next Sunday, and she, when she came to her time to say the verse, she just said, "Be like God." Well, be imitators of God as their children. Come on, uh, you, you, you are parents and you remember your childhood. Mama, remember when your daughter when she was two years old and she shown to be just like you? You know, sticking your high heels on and putting your jewelry and walking around the house like a little lady. Uh, ah, looks just like a mommy, you know? Or the boy trying to be like that and trying to work in the garage and take the tools and be just like that. You see, the thing is, as children, we grow. Looking up at our parents, we kind of imitate them. Parents, that's dangerous. Be careful what you do and what you say in front of your kids because they're going to imitate you. By the way. (laughs) All right. So he says, be imitators of God as dear children. So how on earth do I imitate God? How do I find out about God? Well, in his word. The Bible is given us to reveal to us. The, world, the will of God. He breaks it down. This is what being a meditator of God is like. That other piece of it, you can write it down, Ephesians 5, 2 to 7. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. It says, and continue to walk, surrendered to the extravagant love of Christ, for he surrendered his life as a sacrifice for us. His great love for us was pleasing to God like an aroma of adoration, a sweet healing fragrance, and have nothing to do with with sexual immorality, lust, or greed, for you are His holy ones, and let no one be able to accuse you of them in any form. Guys, no matter what you do today, whether you're in school or outside of school, you, you, movies, series, whatever it is, it is filled with this sexual immorality, lust, greed. It's what the world feeds on. It's what seems to motivate people. The Bible is saying, guys. You are to imitate God. Don't get involved with that. And he says, Guard your speech. Forsake obscenities, swearing, and worthless insults. These are nonsensical words which bring disgrace and are unnecessary. Instead, let worship fill your hearts and spill out. In your words. For it has been made clear to you already that the kingdom of God cannot be accessed by anyone who is guilty of sexual sin. Or who is impure or greedy. For greed is the essence of idolatry. How could they expect to have an inheritance in Christ's kingdom while doing these things? Don't be fooled by those who speak their empty words and deceptive teachings telling you otherwise. This is what brings God's anger upon the rebellious. Don't listen to them or live like them at all. People tell you, "Ah, it's okay, man. Do what you want and live the way you want. It's okay to have a little bit of your morality here and, 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 and talk that flowery language. It's okay. God is good, man. He'll forgive you, man. Hey. The Bible says very clearly, have nothing to do with that. Be like God. Imitate God. And when God tells you to do something, it's because you can. You know why? Because we don't do this on our own strength. We cannot. You try keeping the Ten Commandments all the time for the 10 days. Yeah? Huh? Try to love your neighbor when you're driving down and you've got the taxes doing their thing on you. And so I've got to say, God help me. And I've got to connect with God. Because only He can help me to do what He wants me to do. And He does help us. That's why He gave us the Holy Spirit. We are not alone, man. That's the good news. Everything that God asks us to do is right there next to us to help us do it. The moment we say, yes, Lord, I'm willing to do this. I'm with you. Come on, let's do this together. We are not alone. And that's the key of this whole thing is that we don't do this on our own. In Ephesians 5, 8, it says, Once your life was full of sin's darkness, but now you have the very light of our Lord shining through you because of your union with you. You see? Your mission is to live as children flooded with His revelation light and the supernatural fruits of His light will be seen in you, which is goodness, righteousness, and truth. Then you'll learn to choose what is beautiful to our Lord. You see, all of us go through those dark moments. But you must understand that, you know, the Lord wants us to live a different kind of life. And He is with us. How do you do this? Not alone, like I say. You do it through the Holy Spirit. We do it through the Lord Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 5.18. It says, do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, nobody gets drunk spontaneously. You've got to put some effort into it, okay? you got to pick up that glass and start down it and then you get drunk. Nobody gets filled with the Spirit spontaneously. You put some effort. What you do is you spend time with Christ. You spend time in worship. You spend time in the Word. Don't live your life any old way and ah, oh, God, He knows what I am. He can find me. Now and then, God will do a supernatural thing and really touch somebody but the rule is we seek Him. We draw nearer to Him. We imitate Him. We allow we put ourselves in situations, in the Word and in worship, in, in places like this where the Spirit can fill us. We can be encouraged to be fill the Spirit, to talk to the Holy Spirit and allow Him to guide us. Walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. As long as you're in fellowship with God, you will not fulfill rubbish. Try to gossip about somebody while at the same time you're trying to pray for that person. Try to practice immorality while you're reading the Bible. You see, it's what you position yourself to do. It's what you fill your life with. It's what you focus on. And God invites us to focus on Him, on His Word, on His will. That's why I'm saying, guys, we have to become what we are. You see? The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. You see, back then when he said, you are now the light of the Lord. Shine. You see, the thing is this. You are light. Now become the light. God's light is in us, in our spirits. Now let it shine forth through our soul, through our intellect, through our words, through our speech, and into our bodies, through our behavior. Let the light shine out. Become who you are. You are righteous. Now become righteous. Stop agreeing with the world and with unrighteousness and be taken over by what everybody else is doing. Listen to God, imitate God. You are righteous in Jesus. Now become righteous. Become who you are. You are of God. You've given your life to Jesus. You believe in Jesus Christ. You belong to Him. Now become imitators of God. You're not being arrogant. You're not being proud you're being humble and obedient when you say, I want to be more like God. I want to be more like Jesus. Huh? You can love. You can be kind. You can have self-control. You can be gentle because the Spirit lives in you. You may live with some physical and, and permanent limitations now, but you have the confidence that this is actually temporary and will change one day. You don't live for this life, which is passing. You live for the life to come, which is eternal. Amen. So become who you are in Christ. Right now, we wait in eager expectation. We wait knowing that one day we will open our eyes and find that you are in the presence of Jesus. One day we will be free. One day we will see God face to face. One day we will be reunited with our loved ones who died in Christ. One day we will be free from all the hurt and heartache of this world. One day we will see with our physical eyes that which we can only see through our spiritual eyes right now. One day we will experience the heaven which belongs to us right now. One day we will have all of those things in its fullness. But not yet. For now, we must wait. Because I am a child of God. I am a citizen of the kingdom. But I'm not yet everything I'm going to become. But while I'm on this earth, while I am alive, while I am breathing, I'm going to try and imitate God day by day. I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to help me. So that I can become who I am. More and more. Become who I am. Become who you are. In closing. You are everything that the word says that you are. Do you believe that? You see, you are everything that the word says that you are. Whether you feel like it or not, you are. Now, become what the word says that you are. In the power of the Holy Spirit. Those things that are fighting within you, those things that you know are not right, or not God's will, take it to Him in conversation. Take it to Him in prayer. Talk to a brother, a sister, pray about that. And allow the Holy Spirit to change you into what you already are in Christ. And this changing process will continue as long as you are alive on this earth, as long as you are living in chapter 5, the church age. When chapter 6 rolls around and Christ is manifest and we see him face to face, all the sweetness, everything that holds us back, it's just going to fall away and you're going to be in the fullness of who we are in Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. You have everything the Word says that you have. Some of those things you'll enjoy now. Some of those things only then. But that does not change the fact that you have them now. Walk, live, talk as someone who already has what the Word says you have. And become more and more who you are. A child of God. A citizen of heaven. And an ambassador of Christ. Amen? Are you willing to embrace that challenge? To become who you are. Do you understand it's a process? Do you understand where you are in history. Do you understand where we're going towards? So, guys, let's embrace our position and trust God to continue changing us. Don't look at your failures. Don't look where you tried this and you fail. Ah. Look to Jesus. Amen. It's okay to try and to fail. Nothing wrong with that. Just don't give up. Wrong to give up. Look to Jesus. Continue imitating God. Continue imitating God. That little girl that used to try and be like mommy, today she can do it all by herself. She can put on the high heels, the jewel, and walk very beautifully because she has grown up and we are growing up as well. We're getting better at this as we continue becoming who we are in Jesus. Amen? Let's stand up. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your goodness and for your kindness. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for opening the way of the kingdom. That we could today belong to the kingdom of God and be in that yet and now and not yet kind of situation. Thank you, Lord, the kingdom of God is now and we belong to your kingdom. And yet we are expecting the full revelation. When you return, Lord Jesus. But until then, we are going to continue becoming more and more who you say we are. And Father, I pray for everyone here this morning. Everyone listening to this recording right now. Everyone under the sound of my voice. Lord, help us to be imitators of God. To allow the Holy Spirit to work in us. To change us. To become more and more like Jesus. To become who you say we are. New creations in Christ. Leaving the old things behind. Embracing the new things. Becoming more and more like you, Father. So I pray for your blessing upon every individual. Every home represented here. Every home that is represented by people listening to this recording. Help us to grow strong in you, my Lord. And truly become who we are. Experience more of your goodness and of your kingdom in this life. As we expect the fullness of it in the life to come. Thank you Lord. In Jesus name. And now may the love of God the Father. The grace and the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Remain with each one of us. As we continue to grow. And become who we are. Amen. And amen. Glory. Praise God. Hallelujah. Give Him the glory. Amen.